We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show, getting Chiefs Kingdom ready for the 2023 NFL Draft. Hosted right here in Kansas City with the best analysis, interviews, and content you can find to stay up to date and in the know. With that said, let's begin the show. What's up, football lovers? Welcome to the KCSN Draft Show. I'm BJ Kissel, and I'm joined by ESPN NFL Draft Analyst and Lamar, Missouri native, Matt Whoa. Miller, who, I know, if you've been watching these videos, Matt's been joining me for KCSN Update throughout the regular season, and now we're getting to his sweet spot with the NFL Draft. And today, Matt will help us learn a little bit more about three wide receivers who are in this year's NFL draft. We had a chance to sit down with all three of these players out in Las Vegas at the Shrine Bowl in Boston College standout Zay Flowers, a hot name out there right now. I'm excited to get Matt's thoughts on him, plus West Virginia playmaker Bryce Ford Wheaton, and we'll finish up with Wake Forest touchdown machine A.T. Perry. Now, Matt, before we get to these prospects and talk about those three players in particular, Let's talk about the wide receiver class as a whole in this year's draft. Just in general, big picture, what kind of class do we have this year at wide receiver? Yeah, BJ, I think it's a good class at wide receiver. You know, the thing is, we have been ridiculously blessed with wide receiver talent coming out of college football the last five or six years. You know, I can remember a point in time when I was at Bleacher Report, I read an article about the wide receiver position becoming devalued to some degree because we were, you're finding guys in the second round, like Michael Thomas, you're finding Tyree kill on day three. And it was, you know, you weren't getting that great return from first round receivers guys like you know, Terry McLaurin was in there as a round two player. And so there was, there was definitely a thought process of, well, do you still draft receivers in the first round? And then I swear, as soon as I hit publish on that article, like everything changed and we started seeing, you know, Justin Jefferson and Jamar chase and, you know, Chris Olave, yeah. Garrett Wilson, you know, the last several years has been dominated by not only first round picks at wide receiver, but first round impacts. Whereas it used to be a spot, you know, where receivers didn't have thousand yard years as rookies it just didn't happen. Um, and so now I think we've seen a progression. So to put a bow on that, this year's class is good, but not great. There's not, there's not a Justin Jefferson type of route mm-hmm. runner. There's not a Jamar chase type of just, like physically dominant dude. I think last year, the top three, Drake London went to Atlanta, Gary Wilson, Chris Olave, those top yeah. three would all be the number one receiver this year. What I like about this year is there's really good route runners. 
there are some players with size. There are some players with speed. You mentioned Zay Flowers. He's certainly one of them. So I think what you see this year is a little bit more equity at wide receiver, where it's like there's not going to be top 10 picks, I don't think. There might not be top 15 picks, but from pick 16 to pick 50, we're going to have quite a few guys come off the board who I do believe will be solid wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes early in their careers. That's good to know. And and I'm excited about, I mean, this is obviously the first episode of this series that we're doing and make sure you listen to KC sports network, make you make sure you check it out because we'll have another KCSN draft show that comes out every week. That is really getting into the, I was say get into the weeds, but really digging on each of the position positional groups. And that show will be with uh, the guys from the laboratory, Kent Swanson, Maddie Lane, Craig Stout, and they have on, uh, Eric Galco, the executive director of the East West Shrine Bowl, is going to join them each week to really get into each position group. We're going to talk through these three guys, but Matt, as you talk about, you know, the wide receiver class and specifically how it relates to the Chiefs right now, it's an interesting one. Especially, we're going to hit free agency first, but it's an interesting one for the Chiefs just because there's really not that many guys under contract beyond this year. They've got a lot of free agents with Juju Smith-Schuster, with McCole Hardman. You've got Justin Watson who stepped up and played uh, a key role at significant time. The only guys you really have under contract for the Chiefs at wide receiver beyond this year are Kadarius Toney, who they made the trade for, obviously Sky Moore being a rookie, and then Marquez Valdez-Scantling is also under contract. And then everyone's going to remind me in the comment section, I do this every time, that Justin Ross – uh, that everybody got excited about during training camp is also in the mix yeah. to compete for a spot. Let's not just book him in uh, to something right. that he hasn't gone out there and earned yet. To be fair, right. uh, maybe part of your plan of your you know seven eight deep, uh, but not affecting your top four as it relates to where we're at right now. And and I want to yeah. spend just a minute here talking about free agency because obviously that comes before the draft. And you look at the numbers and you look at the free agents available in this year's free agent class and. Juju Smith-Schuster is by far the best wide receiver available, who is a free agent. There are players out there like DeAndre Hopkins, who rumored to be available via trade. But as far as straight free agents, Juju Smith-Schuster is the only one with more than 805 yards receiving this past year. Some of the other names available, Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard, Darius Slayton, Mack Hollins, Paris Campbell, Richie James, Noah Brown. And if I'm getting to this point, not to disrespect these guys, but for Chiefs fans, if all of a sudden you're like, who is that dude? That's exactly the point that we're trying to make. Right, right. Of you, If you're going to do this, the Chiefs, first of all, Juju Smith-Schuster has a ton of leverage here based on the free agent class and where the Chiefs are at and that he filled a very specific, very important role. And he's going to get, he has not gotten paid yet in his career. He is going to get paid, Matt. But as it relates to free agents, versus draft is how do you in your position kind of weigh those two things when you're looking at roster composition and roster building for you know not just the Chiefs but all NFL teams yeah I mean I mean first off this is why we saw so much wide receiver movement last year teams Hmm. looked ahead and they thought hey next year's wide receiver free agent class is not good next year's draft you knew there wasn't like a year ago Jackson Smith and Jacob from Ohio State looked like a dude coming off that great Rose Bowl performance against Utah but after that it was like well there's going to be a drop-off. I mean, a year ago, legitimately, we could have told you this was coming. Um, so I, I think that's why we saw so much movement last year. Uh, that's why so many guys are getting the fifth-year option at receiver. But I, I do yeah. think it's it's not a good free agent class. You mentioned it. Juju Smith-Schuster has leverage. He's 26 years old. Uh, he is by far the most productive and experienced receiver in this free agent class. So that's going to help his cause quite a bit. I think for Kansas City, it, it becomes a conversation like, almost every position for them right now is 
what is your almost replacement value cost? You know, to get hmm. a player that can do what Juju did, which he had uh, 900 yards, 900-ish yards receiving, yep. uh, what what does that look like? What does that cost look like for us? I think what, what hurts a player like Juju is to see what Mahomes did with an entirely new cast of characters in his position and say, hey, like we maybe, maybe this is a position for a little bit we can get by without you know, expensive players or first round draft picks, homegrown first round draft picks having a ton of, of an impact. You know, you have to pick your, your spots. We've seen it at linebacker where they didn't want to pay. We've seen it at corner where they didn't want to pay. Could wide receiver be the new spot where they say, hey, for a year or two, let's let's chill. And we can get by with MBS on the last year of his deal. We can get by with Kadarius Tony. Sky Moore is going to get better. And then maybe you do, you know, play the bargain game a little bit and and attack the value in the draft. So I think that's what makes it interesting for Kansas City and a lot of other teams too, BJ. I mean, yeah. I, I hear from so many fan bases where they're like, oh man, you know, the Browns, we need another wide receiver or the Cowboys, we need another wide receiver. It's like, y'all, they're just not out there, you know? And, and yeah. when guys like myself, we do mock drafts and, and your team doesn't get that position. It's like, guys, it's because they're not there. You know, we can't, we can't just create a player and slide them into you at, at that spot. So I think for Kansas City fans, you, you guys, you've had your week to celebrate. You've got your confetti in the jar on the bookshelf, I'm sure. Uh, now, when you start to look at roster construction, it's there might not be that player. You know, unless, like you said, you trade for DeAndre Hopkins, you trade for a Chris Godwin. That really hasn't been this front office's MO on offense. Yeah, and the other player, just because it came out on social media yesterday, is you had Michael Thomas, who hasn't played in a couple of years, if you forgot about him. Uh, I love that dude, though, man. He tweeted at Rick Burkholder and said, like, Travis told me how well you took care of guys who were injured. And, like, he just – there's so much strategic. I I don't trust anything that comes out on social media like that because he knows you put it out there publicly. Everybody's going to see it. Uh, Cheese fans already started grabbing it, being like, hey, what about this dude? He's going to get paid a lot of money and hadn't played, but, like, three games in two years. I know that was your guy. Uh, It has been your guy since he came out in the draft. Uh, But if you need to run a slant, you need a short, like – there would be a good fit. You can't find me a receiver in the NFL who would not be a good fit to join Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and oh, company. Yeah. But you already see the recruiting side of it. Juju, if Juju, I fully expect Juju to end, back, end up back in Kansas City. But if he doesn't, that becomes ammo for Brett Veach and Patrick Mahomes. And they're recruiting every other receiver to be like, come here yep. for a year, put up numbers, win a title, and then go get paid. And it becomes a very easy recruiting tool, Matt. Oh, no, it's like when Sean Payton, it's, hey, go be a backup quarterback for Sean Payton and you're going to get paid. Or Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> did that, right? Uh, yeah. and, and so it, it has worked for some people, but it, it will be interesting. I, you know, I love uh, this fan base. Uh, you guys are, are amazing. My whole family, uh, Chiefs fans, and they're already asking me, you know, like, okay, what happens at left tackle? What happens at wide receiver? And yeah. I, I think, you know, to Mahomes' credit, uh, what they did this year, and not just Mahomes, Andy, EB, Matt Nagy, the whole crew, what they did, what they were able to get out of this offense with a really an entirely new cast of characters at receiver once Miko got injured. It's fantastic what they did. Yeah. All right, Matt, let's get into uh, the three players that we're going to focus on for this episode. The first one uh, is the the best, highest-rated prospect that we saw at the East-West Shrine Bowl a few weeks ago yeah. when we were out there. Um, I saw something yesterday. I think it was your colleague at ESPN, Todd McShay, said there's top 15 uh, rumors or buzz, buzz for yeah. Boston College's Zay Flowers. Not the biggest dude in the world, but if you talk about sudden, you talk about wearing the, the hoodie right, right now, uh, yeah. with our late dear friend, Mr. Therese Paler, he would have been a candidate for the all juice team for sure. The way this guy plays football, Matt, but when you've mm-hmm. 
put on the tape and you studied Zay Flowers before we get to this interview we did with him. What's that stood out to you? What stands out to you about Zay Flowers' game? Oh, no. Trez would have been stopping me in the hallway and Indy talking about, <laughs> you know, Matt, this guy could scoot. Matt, you seen this guy? He could scoot. So, no, he absolutely would have been all Jewish team, 100%. Uh, and that is, you know, that's a great, uh, you know, I think way to describe Zay Flowers, someone who hasn't seen him, is he is, you know, absolute certified speed, uh, deep speed, but also the start-stop acceleration. You know, not a one-trick, you know, hey, watch this guy run in a straight line. But I think what we've seen with some of the smaller receivers in the past, you know, Hollywood Brown, guys like that is the, they are, they're one, they're one speed and it's really fast, but they don't have that start stop. They don't have agility. They don't have lower body strength. They don't have body control. And I think that's what makes Zay really different is he has that. I, I think what also impresses me is he had a lot of production in college with a good quarterback and Phil Jerkovich and he had a lot of production in college without a good quarterback. You know, once, once Phil broke his hand and got hurt, Zay didn't take a step back. And I, I think that's one of the questions we'll have this year about, Jackson Smith and Jigbo to Ohio State, five passes this year because he was hurt. Uh, Jordan Addison has a drop-off from production going from Pitt to USC. I think that's going to raise a lot of eyebrows. He's also kind of a skinnier build guy. Uh, with Zay, he's not small. He's short. And Kansas City fans oh. will you know, remember a certain number 10. I don't want to make that comparison as a player at all. Don't yeah. quote me on that. But similarly built, whereas you know a guy who is, is short but not small and still has some play power. Yeah, you'll see in this video I'm going to throw to here in just a second that uh, when you watch some of the highlights that you can't not get excited about what Zay Flowers could do. And, right. and granted, I haven't watched a lot of the prospects, haven't studied a lot of them outside of just watching through some highlights. But I watched Zay Flowers and I immediately thought this guy could fit perfectly. His his build, and I say his production, all of that, I'll leave that to the analysts like you guys. But the way in which he's utilized it, if you're looking for a replacement, if McCole Hardman does go somewhere else, he's got kind of that build, the way they could use utilize him the way that he fits in within this offense he could get open he's going to make plays it's going to be a lot of fun but um yeah last year for boston college 78 receptions 1077 yards with 12 touchdowns for again boston college's zay flowers and again uh maddie lane craig stout had a chance to sit down with zay flowers out in las vegas at the east west shrine bowl here is that interview usually when i break out the huddle I run out, see where the um, safety at. I look at the DB, see where he's playing at, on or off, inside or outside. I line up, probably smile a little bit because I know the ball coming to me. If he's outside, I'll dive inside, get vertical, try to get him on his heels, um, stem at him, break out like three steps, get back vertical, see where the safety's at, look for the ball, catch it, and just get in the end zone. No matter who's there, it's usually a touchdown, honestly. What a catch! What is it that you love most about football that you get to go out there and do the most about football um honestly i love everything about football just catching and running yeah. just trying to run away from defenders scoring <laughs> touchdowns yeah. but i enjoy everything about football like the whole process like working out for to on field by myself to like everything so you were telling us before we started this you, you played some basketball growing up you know AAU and yeah. stuff like that what got you just going to towards football rather than basketball or another sport oh uh, it was really my height honestly <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not six three, I'm not six four, so it was football. And I ain't really like basketball like that. My dad really kind of like forced me to play, but I was always I knew it was always gonna be football from the jump. Do you have somebody in your life that kind of pushed you towards football, or maybe helped take you up that extra notch in your career that really influenced you? Um, honestly, I I like did it myself. It was like 
either I was motivated to push myself or nobody was gonna motivate me to do it. But I already had the people around me to help me, but I just had to motivate myself to do everything. How, how do you find that motivation? Is there anything specific? Is it something from outside? Is it all something inside you? Just what gets you really that motivated to work harder and go that extra step? I mean, I, I had a dream, like, since I was a little kid, I wanted to play at the highest level. And I always dream about playing at the highest level. So that kind of like pushed me. And my mom put me in football when I was like four years old. She ended up passing like when I was five. And I just wanted to keep it going, honestly. Do you have anybody that's kind of been a mentor through, for you through whether it's high school, college, any coaches or other family members that you just kind of go to for their advice for any problems or anything you have? Um, I go to my dad for everything. Every choice I made so far in my life, I went to my dad about. Dreaming of yourself, playing football when you're growing up. Who's your favorite team? Dolphins. Dolphins? Okay. Yeah, what, 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 brought you, yeah what brought you there? Yeah. What brought me to the Dolphins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. to the Dolphins. Um, Honestly, it was just hometown team. Yeah. Yeah. And it was okay. the closest team I was um, closest to, so. Okay. So it's, all right. So we're going to take it game week starting up. You know, you guys just finished one game. You're getting ready to prepare for your next week. What is your process like? You know, there's practices and all that stuff that the school you know, schedules, but what's your process like preparing for your next game? Um, I start preparing like the day after I play the, um, that game. So I go watch film. I try to learn something about the DB, like if he can run, flip his hips, how is his feet, if he's physical. So, and then I just take the throughout the week, try to um, use some moves that I think I'm going to use in the game and do it in scout and then try to take it to the game. If you come off the field after a game, opposing coach has to go up to a presser. What do you want them saying about you? What's the one takeaway you <laughs> want the opposition to say about you, man? Um, that kid is a problem. That, that, that's something I want to say. Do you have one specific game where you think a coach would say, definitely say, nope, that kid was a problem or one game that you think best showcases your skills as a player that you can remember? I believe it was like multiple, a yeah. lot of games, honestly. <laughs> but one specific, yeah. I'll say Louisville um, this past season. Yeah. So is there one play, whether it's from that game or a different one that stands out in your mind where you remember, you know, every single detail about it, whether good or bad, something you didn't do as well as you wanted to or a play that you think you just knocked out of the park? Yeah, it was. I had two of them that game. Honestly, oh. I was supposed to throw a pass, but um, my tight end was end up. He, he ended up being covered, so I pump fake. And he jumped first the whole field, pump faked again, and then my quarterback threw a block for me. I tiptoed like ten <laughs> yards down the sideline and scored. Nice. And then the next one, I was I was double teamed, probably for like sixty yards downfield. And jumped over one defender, grabbed it, and scored. It's a great play. I remember. Yeah. I, I've seen a, a great play. I know exactly what you're talking about right now. Okay, so how's the arm? You said you were about to throw a pass. How's the arm? I'm a quarterback. I like. I think in my past life, I was really a QB. <laughs> okay. Cool. Let's just put ourselves in a situation here. You guys are having a game. Biggest. You're playing the biggest rival. It's tied. You catch the game-winning touchdown. You guys just won. Do you want to be at home in front of your home crowd, celebrating with everybody there, or on the road, silencing your biggest rival's crowd? It's just a pin drop could drop in the stadium. Oh, no, I want to do that on my way. I'll do it away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You want to silence crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. Then we'll turn up on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you talk a little trash on the field side? Um, trash talking? Recently, a little bit. Not like a lot. I just smile. I just smile at them, like, and don't really say nothing. I just smile the whole time, honestly. So let's go to your draft process. Yeah. You know, you're you're going through all of this draft night. You see your phone light up. You just got drafted. What's going through your head? What sort of emotions are going through your head? Who's with you? Who are you going to hug first? Like, what what's what's going on through your mind right then? I don't even know. I just got to wait till I get in that feeling, honestly. Yeah. But I'm going to have my family with me. Sure, like, I'm going to try to bring um, all my siblings and my dad with me to wherever I go, wherever I have it at. 
Yeah. You know, it's like you only get 10 tickets, but I got 14 family members. <laughs> 14 siblings. You can make it work. We got you. <laughs> You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. All right, so that was Zay Flowers, the Boston College standout wide receiver, projected first-round pick from a lot of people uh, right now as we sit here at the end of February. We know that can always change, Matt. But uh, my favorite question every year around draft time for any player of any kind is uh, of any position, I should say, is would you rather be at home or away making a big play? Do you want to oh, be celebrating great. with your crowd or do you want to be on the road? And to me, over this is not a fair statement. I understand that before people get triggered who are listening, but I love it because I always attest like the guys who used to play with that chip on their shoulder and guys who aren't necessarily playing to get the love to celebrate with everybody. The guys who say they want to do it on the road to me, like, like that's a dog. Like, I don't know how else to describe yep. it to be like, you just want to shut everybody up. You want to like, it's, are you motivated by your supporters or the people who doubt you? And not that either one's right or wrong. And you've had successful people for both, but it's always like the doubters. It's always getting these people talking trash to shut up and make it about you and your teammates. I just, I love that answer. And normally with offensive guys, you hear, especially wide receivers, normally it's at home and celebrating with your team. And for Zay Flowers <laughs> to say, I'd rather be on the road and shut everybody up. I was like, I couldn't have liked him more when we sat down and talked to him and then watched his, his highlights and uh, some of his game. And man, that was a good interview. Loved, loved that answer though. No. And, and I thought honestly, when they asked like, why do you play football? Like, what do you love about it? I really expected him to be like beating the, beating the other team. They're like <laughs> taking a corner one-on-one and ripping their soul out. You know, like that's, because I, I have watched him play for three years and you that's kind of the player who he is. So I, I do want to go back to something we were talking about right before the interview is, you know, I think a lot of Chiefs fans and, and even, you know, national analysts, when you talk about wide receiver for the Chiefs, they've been typecast as almost gadget guys, you know, because Tyreek was at first mm-hmm. kind of that gadget guy. Meikle certainly was. Guy Moore certainly was. 
I think Zay is a much more complete receiver than those guys were coming out of college to where he has run a diverse route tree. I mean, you saw the, uh, the play, I think Florida state where he's, you know, putting his foot in the dirt and he's making, you know, separation, not because of the scheme or because he is, you know, a trick play guy, but because he's a really accomplished route runner. So I, I, I think that's an important line to make is yes, he's similarly built and he's that speed guy, but he is a true wide receiver, not just someone that's going to be like a punt returner and a jet motion guy and a slip screen guy. No, like he's a, he's a wide out for sure. All right, let's let's move on. That's a, a lot about Zay Flowers, and I'm sure we'll be talking about him quite a bit uh, here on KC Sports Network and all draft shows to get ready for the NFL draft here in eight weeks or so. I don't know. Yeah, nine weeks. Is that it? I have so much <laughs> studying to do. <laughs> what? Okay. That's you got scary. you got you. I would say you have some time, but you really don't because the combine's right around the corner. It's like two weeks right. from now. Uh, so anyway, let's move on to the next uh, player. This is Big Twelve country and Bryce Ford Wheaton, uh, the six hundred, excuse me, six foot three, two hundred and twenty-four pound uh, wide receiver out of West Virginia. I had a chance to sit down with him as well. That was Maddie and Craig out in uh, Las Vegas, and we'll throw to that here in a second, Matt. Uh, but what stood out to you in watching Bryce Ford Wheaton this year? Yeah, BJ. I mean, this is a different type of wide receiver. You mentioned the size, you know, six three, two twenty plus. And I think that showed up this year. They had JT Daniels, at quarterback, who has been everywhere, but but really elevated the quarterback position for the Mountaineers. What I saw early in the year, uh, especially, was a guy who was dominating people on contested catches and winning in the red zone. You know, he was incredibly productive early in the year, getting you know getting touchdowns, making red zone impacts, winning contested catches. So not only is he a big wide receiver from the measurables, but he plays like a big wide receiver as well. And that was something until MBS came along. We had not really seen a Brett Veach and Andy Reid team have a big wide receiver. Something I had been screaming from the mountaintops for <laughs> was get another big threat. Get someone who we're in the red zone. It's not just Travis Kelsey, although he's pretty damn good in that spot. So I think with, you know, with Ford Wheaton, you're, you're looking at that different type of wide receiver that can win the post-ups and can be you know a back shoulder fade, a just a big guy, just a big strike zone and someone who showed us, albeit against big 12 defenses, that he is a master at the contested catch. Yeah. He had the interesting with Bryce Ford Wheaton and we'll throw to the interview right after this, but uh, he had three games with more than 60 yards last season. It was consistent right around between 40 and 60 yards. You could tell he was getting targets, uh, but his biggest games came in the final five games of the year for West Virginia. And obviously we're talking wide receivers, so many variables with quarterback play and injuries and yep. scheme and all scheme. those different things yep. for him. Uh, but at 62 catches, 675 yards, averaged almost 11 yards a catch, and had seven touchdowns. His biggest game of the year came in that overtime loss to KU. He actually had 11 catches for yeah. 152 yards and two touchdowns in that game. Uh, so right now, let's throw it to that interview again. Maddie Lane and Craig Stout had a chance to talk with West Virginia's Bryce Ford Wheaton out at the Shrine Bowl in Las Vegas. Bryce Ford Wheaton, wide receiver, Western University. I'm a dog. Here comes JT Daniels. He's going to take a shot at the end zone. And what do you know? Bryce Ford Wheaton puts West Virginia an extra point away. Thanks for spending some time with us. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I just kind of want to start. What what made you fall in love with the sport of football? 
Uh, football's kind of always been something that's in, involved in my family. My uh, grandfather played at West Virginia University, and so did my uncle too. So um, from a young age, I was kind of like always around football and like the West Virginia facilities and things like that. So I kind of fell in love with it like early. Did did you lean on those individuals as kind of like your inspiration for you know how you wanted to play football or how you wanted to progress in your career? Yeah, um, I just thought it was like cool. Um, just like playing D1 football. So I always knew like I kind of wanted to go to West Virginia just because of my uh, family. But um, yeah, so once I got the opportunity to do it, it was just like a, a no brainer, really. And so what, what positions did they play? Were they wide receivers as well or what they play? They uh, both played running back. Running back. Okay. So what what got you to wide receiver instead of, you know, did you want to be a running back too? Or did you kind of want to take your own path? Uh, I played running back for like the first few years of my like football career, like in like Little League and things like that. But I kind of like grew like tall and kind of like lean so i knew that a receiver is like better better fitted for me is there anybody that just kind of helps motivate you or influence you to be a better player or a better person whether it's a coach or a family member that you kind of rely on um yeah i'll probably say like my mom for sure just because like she always like motivates me and uh kind of challenges me to like keep the standard of like our family high like in college i knew that i couldn't really do uh everything that everybody else was just because my family um like legacy so in order like not to like dishonor that, I kind of had to live like by a different standard in college because I kind of felt like there was more eyes on me than everybody else. So my mom has definitely like developed me into a better man and uh, also like a better football player too. Okay, let's switch to the field now. You're, let's say you are, uh, you're getting ready for a game. You're trying to study your opponent. You're trying to study what they're going to do for you. Walk us through kind of what your personal process, not necessarily what the team process is, but your personal process is for, you know, knowing what you're going to do on a game week. Um, Well, in terms of like scouting and things like that, I watched like a whole bunch of film. And uh, this year I had uh, online classes. So I was able to be around the facility a lot more. So I'll be watching film with uh, like my coaches and my quarterback and things like that. But um. One of the main things I do in terms of like scouting is I'll go look up like past games they played in and I'll look at to see if the opposing receivers had like good games or which ones had a good game. So I know what game to watch and then I know, um, you know, like what works and I kind of see what works. And um, yes, yeah, so that's one of the main things I do. And then in terms of like my, my week um, before the game, I just always get like a whole bunch of recovery in. Uh, my strength coach puts me through like a lot of like little extra work, things like to keep me like fine tuned and things like that. When you watch those games and you see those other receivers do stuff, do you do you try and take stuff from their game, try and maximize the the opportunities that you have? Yeah, I always take stuff from like everybody else that I watch, whether it be like an NFL receiver, like with the release, or um just seeing, like I said, those those other college guys that had success against those DBs. Um, I'll take whatever works. So I can kind of judge based off um the technique and things like that because the technique doesn't change so i'll um usually just incorporate that into like my game for that week are there any specific players that you try to model a lot of your game after or that you always want to go back and see their film or anything like that um in the league i always watch uh like mike williams i kind of like to see what mike williams is doing because we're about the same exact size and um he's had a lot of success in the league so that's probably like the one person that i really uh really watch but i, I watch a whole bunch of guys like Devontae Adams is another one just because of his release uh, and his separation, which is something I'm trying to work on in my game right now. So, you know, it all depends on the coverage you're facing, the team you're facing, as you're already saying, but what, what's your favorite route, your favorite route to run? Um, I kind of like a, like a little stutter and go, really. Uh, 
I kind of like just opening up my stride and seeing if a DB can really run with me. And then most of the time you're going to get them if they're in man coverage on a, on a little stutter. So that kind of makes it a little bit easier and um, it's just kind of like an exciting play. So talking about a stuttered go, can you walk me through kind of this is the process? You're coming out of the huddle, you know, that's the route, you know, it's within the play that you're calling. What's your process from breaking the huddle to getting into the play? Just walk me through, you know, all everything that goes through your mind from the start to the catch to the run, what you say afterwards, whatever that may be. Yeah, um, if I'm coming out of the uh, huddle and I know that I have a stutter and go, um, first off, like the main thing is selling the first route. So if we've been running like a lot of hitches or like curls or anything like that, then he's kind of already going to be uh, more like more likely to try to jump that route. So it's, it's really like setting your other routes up to to hit this one. And um, so I'll stutter probably like around like eight to 10 yards. I try to like look in, uh, sell my eyes to the to the quarterback. And then usually they try to grab if they if they bite that. So I always be prepared to knock down somebody's hands. And then um, I dig out, I try to put my head down and just really open up my stride for at least three steps. And then uh, usually by the time I do that, I look up and the ball's in the air already, so. Balls, balls in the air. You look back, you see it. What, what's going through your mind is that balls in the air. Uh, first, I'm trying to judge it to see if it's going to be like over the shoulder, like leading me downfield, or if I'm going to have to try to go up and get it. But um, like what goes into my mind really, just like I know I have to come down with that ball. So yeah, that's that's the thing. Okay, so you come off the field. Opposing coach gets up to the podium. What do you want that opposing coach saying about you? What's the thing you want to hear out of their mouth that makes you go, "Yeah, I had a good game today." Um. I like to hear when coaches say, or I would like to hear them say, he's a dog. Uh, he does everything for them. Uh, he's just like relentless. They're like one of those players that you hate playing against, things like that. So I like to hear that. So at the end of the game, you're playing your biggest rival and you catch this game winning touchdown pass. It's yours. It's you score it. You guys win the game at home. Crowds going wild. All your fans are going crazy on the road opposing fans rival fans dead quiet while you and your teammates get to celebrate which would you prefer um i never had a game-winning uh touchdown at uh at home but i've had one uh on the road before uh, against kansas state and that was a lot like that was a lot of fun because they're a ranked team we came in there nobody thought we were going to win and uh, to catch one of those and the silence the whole crowd and uh it was just a whole lot of back and forth with the fans after that so it was fun all right last question here about kind of your draft process you're going to be going into this. Put yourself in draft night. Your phone rings. You see that it's an NFL team. Yeah. You're finally going to be, you know, joining, playing in the league. What's going through your head? Who's there with you? Who are you hugging first? Like, describe what that night's going to be like. Uh, yeah, I've thought about this a lot uh, recently, but um, for sure, uh, probably going to do it somewhere back in North Carolina. Uh, have my mom sitting right next to me. Uh, my uncle. Um, just like my real close immediate family, like my brother, my sister. Uh, I have a, a couple of friends there probably. And then I have my girl there too. Uh, my mom, definitely the first person I'm gonna hug though. Uh, hopefully I don't really, if I have media there or anything. Hopefully I'm not crying and sobbing and stuff, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good night. Um, thank you, Bryce. Thank you for your time. We appreciate it so much. Listening to KC Sports Network, your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K State, KU, or Mizzou fan, 
we've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. That was West Virginia standout Bryce Ford Wheaton with Maddie and Craig having a chance to sit down and talk with him. Matt, uh, what were your reactions? What stood out to you about uh, what Bryce Ford Wheaton had to say? Nice. He's so mature. I, I think, you know, as a junior, sometimes you don't know, you know, the, not necessarily, you know, professionalism, but how, how much they understand what goes into getting ready for a game. And I, I loved, you know, his answer about his process, you know, if he'll look and see like, what do some other wide receivers do? And then he's, you know, looking at the technique of the corners, things like that. So uh, I, I think, you know, West Virginia, not known for throwing the ball around a lot, not known necessarily as a wide receiver pipeline to the NFL. So I think that's a, you know, a great question by your guys there, but also a good answer of, Hey, this is, this is how I prep. And this is what I've been taught to do and how I've been coached up. I love players who have that NFL pedigree because you do feel a little bit better that, about their ability to prepare and to handle the attention and to handle the stress of the job and the, the stress of, you know, playing in front of millions of people. It seems like they, he's really well equipped to handle that early on. Cool. All right. Let's transition to the, the last player here. It's Wake Forest standout A.T. Perry player that if you're a Mizzou fan, you're probably familiar with A.T. Perry from the bowl game. Tucker had a lot to say to A.T. Perry about that when we interviewed him yeah. out uh, in Vegas. But, Matt, what uh, what stands out to you about A.T. Perry? Yeah, I mean, touchdowns. Just touchdowns on touchdowns on touchdowns. He had 26 touchdowns the last two years uh, for Wake Forest. And, and at times, you know, they, they had a dynamic wide receiver room there. It wasn't like he was just the only guy there. Um, so – Really, really talented, big, 6'5". You know, he's lanky, probably about 200 pounds. I don't think he's going to run exceptionally well at the combine. I don't think he's that type of player. But, you know, he is a – when you talk about strike zones for your quarterbacks, that's him because he plays very well and uses his length well at the catch point. I, I You don't see him shy away. You know, he's active. He's aggressive. But, you know, to average – I want, man, I think at 21, he averaged like almost 19 yards a catch. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't have the stats right in front of me. It's pretty good. 18.2. I'm looking at it right okay. now. Okay. Well, yeah. So almost, almost, we'll call it almost 19. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty you good. Know, so you got a, you got some variance there, but I mean, he was just a, a highlight reel and I was yeah. super excited after watching him in 21, 22. I, I think he, you know, statistically uh, had a little bit of a down year, you know, they had some, some change of quarterback there, but. Uh, he is a, a really good player who I, I know, you know, sometimes people hear Shrine game and they think, ah, day three. I think this is a day two player. Uh, yeah, especially you talk about a down year. He had 1,100 yards with 11 touchdowns uh, in a down. Yeah, 26, in a down 26 year. Touchdown, 26 touchdowns over the last two years. Uh, I don't care what your, your suddenness is. And he's going to be a, a sneaky one. I'm interested to see, like, you know, some of his change of direction type scoring at the combine, because he could be one of those players. And when you watch him on tape and, and we'll throw to the interview, yep. a lot of highlights throughout it for those watching on YouTube. Um, but is one of those could be sneaky fast, like long stride speed, but not necessarily the, the quickest uh, just like change right. of direction, suddenness, but 
you can't score 26 touchdowns and have the kind of highlights he does without being a physical mismatch. I mean, 6'5", long arms, uh, definitely stands out in that way. But uh, let's throw to the interview now. Again, this is Wake Forest standout wide receiver A.T. Perry having a chance to sit down with Kent Swanson and Maddie Lane, our guys out in Las Vegas at the East-West Shrine Bowl. A.T. Perry, Wake Forest, wide receiver. I'm different. With seven minutes left in the contest. Hartman under some pressure. Throwing for the end zone. Perry, he makes the catch in the corner for the touchdown. Keeps drifting. Wake Forest wide receiver A.T. Perry. A.T., thanks for hanging out with us, man. Appreciate it. Sure, for sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we, we're excited to talk to you. would love to know a little bit about uh, just how you got into the game of football. Um, Well, I didn't get in as a young age. I kind of started late. Uh, I played peewee ball, but I'm a military kid, so we moved around a lot, and it was hard, you know, just playing football. So I really didn't get you know, accustomed to the rules and stuff like that in football. Um, until I got to middle school, um, we moved down to Pensacola. So just played there for a couple of years and then uh, moved down to South Beach, Florida, and uh, just started playing football from there. Is there anyone, you know, throughout your childhood or your life that kind of inspired you to go chase after playing football and get to this point in your career? Uh, I would kind of say my dad was like a start for starters. Uh, I know, like, growing up, he was always playing Madden and stuff like that and watching football. So, you know, I got a custom of that, you know, just hanging with him, watching football. Um, and then my mom got me into uh, you know, the league down in Pensacola when I really started playing. And, uh, you know, she always came to my games and stuff like that. My dad was always working. So um, she always came to my games and uh, I was like, you know, you got to come out and watch him. Like, he's actually good. And then when my dad uh, started coaching my team, he was like, oh, yeah got something so then uh <laughs> i stuck with football you know i played basketball and did track as well in high school um but uh yeah that's been fun so ever since when did you when did you realize that you were like good that you had a chance to just keep taking this as far as you possibly can just like how'd that process go for you oh uh, probably say when we moved to pensacola i played with that team the first year and uh, it was kind of like you know getting you know, playing football again i didn't play in like four years since we were moving around so much um and when i that second year you know, like I know throughout that whole off season and stuff like that, I played flag and stuff like that. So I kind of like you know, did some little work here and there. But when I got into that season and uh, I started making plays, I was like, oh, yeah, the football. <laughs> like I, I like honestly, when I was in, I had to uh, you know watch clips. You know, at, at the time, huddle you know, just was just just introduced, and um, you know, just watching my plays. And my dad was like. He's like, you should play football. Like, this is this is for you. And I was out there snagging one hands and like I'm like, bro, yeah, yeah, this is for me. So, you know, ever since then I fell in love with the sport. So, um, who are some of the receivers that you model your game after? Uh, you know, as a kid, um, I was always I always watch Alshon Jeffrey because you know my dad was a Gamecock fan and my mom went to USC as well. Um, but uh, you know, I always watched him and I was like, Yeah, I gotta perfect this game. Uh, you know, I got to perfect my game just like his. And, you know, I would go in the backyard, you know, just like line up just like him, you know, just set my feet the same way, moves the same way, you know, catching ability, all that other stuff. Um, and then from then on, you know, I, I got accustomed to other receivers like Julio Jones. And now, like, I really, I really watch Devontae Adams. Like, you know, just his, you know, his way of getting open, you know, his releases <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, it's just amazing to me. Like, I will watch his highlights before every college game. I will have to sit, just sit on YouTube and just watch it. So it, 
every wide receiver is watching Devontae Adams. The, the releases are so good offline of scrimmage. That's something that everybody wants to go to. So let's put yourself kind of in that, not his shoes, but your shoes. You're at the line of scrimmage. What's going through your mind as you're thinking about how you want to release? I know each route's different, but what are you looking for to kind of give you tips on how you want to release off the line of scrimmage? Oh, yeah, this is good. Uh, so I usually look at the DB's leverage, where he's playing outside, head up, or inside. And then, um, you know, I'll just watch a little film here and there. If it's off coverage, if he can turn his hips, he can get out of his break faster than me. And uh, from then on, I just make my move from there. Is there a game from your college career that if nobody had watched you play before that you would direct them to to start there to see what you're all about? Syracuse, 2021. Um, that that game was honestly like the start of you know, everything. Like I had three receptions, three touchdowns, 132, and I had the game-winning touchdown. Like it was just like after that game, I'm watching, I'm like, oh, like I did that. <laughs> and then from then on, like, I was like, I got to improve from here. Like I just got to keep getting better and better. And that's what I did. And then, you know, rolling it to 2022, we played him again. And I had three touchdowns in the first <laughs> half. So it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, just progressively just keep working and, you know what I'm saying, just seeing stuff like that happen. It's like, it's no surprise. So you're kind of making it sound like late, you know, whenever you played Syracuse, that was kind of a, a flip that kind of switched for you. Uh, is that kind of what you're saying there a little bit? Uh, I would say Florida State, just because, <laughs> like, Florida State showed me interest so much, and they never offered me, so, you know, and they're from, you know, they're right yeah. in the road for me, I'm from mm-hmm. Florida, so it's like, every time we play them, it's like, I got to make a statement. <laughs> yeah. So, this game-winning touchdown for Syracuse, I, I assume you remember just about everything about that play. Do you want to walk me through that? Uh, so, you know, the first touchdown I had, um, I ran a corner post. Uh, it was out of a bunch set, and... Uh, it's kind of like a, a pyramid set. I'm at the top of the key. The Z is on the outside, the slot, and then the tight end is on the line. And uh, then you got the other outside receiver on the other side. So um, the slot and the other outside receiver, they have crossing routes. And then basically I run the corner post. And it busted coverage. I was wide open. He threw me the ball. Uh, the second touchdown, just a regular post. Uh, he was off coverage. So I just, you know, seen his leverage. He was playing me, um, you know, kind of head up inside. So I just threatened him deep. Broke the post inside, got open. It had no safety. They were actually in four sips. So that free safety was down into the box. He was protecting the run just because our RPO mesh. Mm-hmm. And uh, that strong safety, he kind of you know, lingered to the to the field. So I was wide open. <laughs> had that touchdown, broke a move, and scored. And then uh, the last touchdown I had, which was the game winner, it was kind of a switch concept. You know, I just set the pick for the team. He wanted to come back. And then I had the option of whether to sit down or take it deep. I took it deep and um, I'm looking through the ball and I didn't see it till the last second and the ball was coming down. I just torqued my body and caught it. Mm. So it was just like, and I got up and he said, oh, the rest of his hands up. And I'm like, oh man, I just got the game with a touchdown. <laughs> and then uh, they reviewed it. So it was a touchdown. I was, my heart dropped. I was like, oh, I really just did that. So it's like, you know, that was like, that was honestly like a dream of mine, just getting a game with a touchdown. Like, you know, this, it was just amazing that it happened. So. So uh, what's what's your favorite route to run? Probably a uh, double moves like sluggos or stutter goes or probably you know just some simple routes or post route just because of like just I add a little extra to it you know just to get the DBs off his pad and just get open. So you know you're getting deep on one of your, these vertical routes here. You look over your shoulder, you see the ball coming. What's going through your mind? Just like what's going through your mind as soon as you look over the shoulder and see that ball coming your way? Honestly, just worry about the ball, not to worry about the defender. Um, I know just working with my receiver coach at school. You know, just he just taught me the little things. You know, getting down the field and not just fighting with the DB, but just focus on staying on your stem, keeping your line, not getting too wide and get out of bounds. Um, just holding that stem. The ball's in the air. Just focus on the ball. Right, so that game-winning touchdown you had against Syracuse, was it at home or was it on the road? 
Uh, that was on the road. It was at Syracuse. Exactly. It was actually like it was. It wasn't a lot of people in there, but it was really loud because they have a dome. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that was a really exciting game. It was back and forth. You know what I'm saying? Uh, going to the overtime, it was just you know it was, it was a heart racing moment. But I actually calmed myself down. Like we're good, we're good, we can win this. So would you rather catch that game winning touchdown on the road? Silence that crowd, or would you rather do it at home with all of your fans and celebrate with all your family? Ooh, that's kind of hard. I'd probably say at home because I know people would have stormed the field and it'd have been like just crazy. And then we went back to school. We have something to call roll the quad, you know, they just throw tissue on the, on the quad trees and stuff like that. So I would have ran back there after we got on the bus, got back to school. It got you know it got crazy with the students and stuff like that. But it'd have been it'd have been something special. You get done with the game, you know, you get back there. What do you want the opposing coach from the opposite team you know, to get up at the press conference and say about you as a player on the field? He's dangerous. He's different. Like, honestly, haven't seen anybody at his size do what he does. Like, you know, that's my motto. I want to be different. You know, I just want to add stuff in my game that guys at my size that can't do. And, uh, you know, that just separates me from the games. All right, let's talk a little bit about draft weekend, okay? We'll look ahead a little bit. <laughs> Where are you going to be? Who are you going to be with? The emotions when you get that call. What are you going to feel? Uh, you know, nine out of ten, I'll be with my whole family, uh, mostly on my mom's side because everybody's down there. But uh, you know, just getting that call, that's just like, damn, that's something I dreamed of. You know, just watching, you know, other players and even my boys that went into the draft, you know, just the draft process. It's just like, I want to be there one day. And honestly, you want to you know, feel how that feels and stuff like that. And then have a team and, you know, accept me, be on their roster, make some plays. Who gets the first hug after that phone call? My mom. Yeah, my, I know most definitely my mom. Just, you know, just the, you know, just hearing her story. You know, my mom was a, a All-American track athlete out of high school. Gatorade player of the year two times. Junior, senior year. And like, shit, like, I didn't believe it. Everybody was saying that, like, she had every offer in the, com- in the country. But when I actually seen it, it was like, damn, like. She was actually a competitor and, uh, you know, her going to Oregon, I'm not Oregon State, Arizona State. And uh, she didn't find, she didn't find out until after she signed her letter of intent that they were on probation. So it was like kind of ruined her chances, our opportunities of going to the Olympics, you know, competing in the NCAA championships and stuff like that. So, you know, just hearing her story and then her having me, she went into the military. That's how she met my dad. And then when she got me, she left the military. My dad stayed in the Navy for a couple of years and he switched to the Coast Guard. Um, just to you know, have some time with us and stuff like that. But you know, just hearing her whole story and how much compared she was. Every time I go home, it's like everybody asks me who my mom is, and I say her first name, and it's just like your mom is Jassy. Like one of the scouts from the Denver Broncos, like he knows her because he went to high school uh, down there as well. So he was like, yeah, you're not beating your mom in a race. Like <laughs> she's that fast. So it's like you know, just hearing that and then hearing her story, like it motivates me. Like I, I want to be great just like her. Well, AT, we're rooting for you. Congratulations. Best of luck. And I really appreciate your time, man. Sure. That's Wake Forest wide receiver AT Perry. Matt, there's a lot to love about that interview with AT Perry. What stood out to you? Um, Number one, I want to see him and his mom race. I think we got to find a way to make (laughs) this happen, PJ. Mom's got to lace him up at the combine, maybe. See see what she's got. Uh, No, I mean, I think, you know, incredibly well-spoken. You know, his ability to articulate what he's seeing on the field, what he's doing on the field. Um, you can tell he's, you know, he's an educated wide receiver. You know, he has a plan and he executes it well. I loved the the throwback to Alshon Jeffrey. You know, as you know, that was a guy who really helped me kind of, you know, put a stake in the ground in my career early on was, was mm-hmm. my belief in him as a number one receiver. 
who fell to the second round. Uh, but, you know, I think the play style, he's a lot bigger or a lot taller than Alshon was, I should say, a lot taller. But you can see the the physical aspects in the game are definitely there. I love the – It's I call it jargon. And I, I know enough about it to be able to follow along when he's talking about the coverages and mm-hmm. everything that, that he's seeing that you could tell. I mean, he's not looking at the plays when they do those interviews. I was sitting in that room with him. Uh, there's a bunch of his you know teammates out there at Triangle all surrounding him when he's talking through that stuff. He's just doing that off memory, off of what he yeah. sees when he's asked about a play that he was not prepped for. It's just like, hey, what do you remember about right, this play? Right. He can see it in his head and explain the coverages and the leverages and everything else that's going on. That stuff stands out, and it means something when he does that exact same thing to an NFL scout. And by the time you get to the combine, do these official visits, they're so prepared for it that they know they're studying. They're these senior bowl, shrine bowl, same kind not. of deal. Right. They're not doing it this early. They don't have the two, three weeks of media training and interview training before these yeah. events. And that stood out about A.T. Perry, that he obviously knows the game. He knows the coverages. And for a player that I'm so conditioned, because I only really know one way uh, to study and kind of understand how things work with Andy Reid and the Chiefs, and that those wide receivers in particular, they have to know how to read mm-hmm. a defense because so many of their routes are option routes based on leverages and where guys are sitting. And that's unique. That's not the same across the entire NFL. And that's why it takes a couple years for receivers to really get comfortable with the system and know what they're doing. So when I see it, it stands out and him talking through those plays stood out to me. Yeah. And, and as a two-year starter, you know, we kind of talked about that earlier, you know, his first year, yeah. um, I believe he redshirted, um, but, you know, really just a two-year guy. And so to have that maturity at the position, I think stands out. And you're absolutely right. It's the type of thing, you know, at the senior bowl, the shrine game, even the combine, you're speed dating. If you're a scout or a coach <laughs> and you're talking to a player, it's 15 minutes max, right? That you get with that player. So you need something that, you know, as a player, what, how can I impress you? You know, you, you can't be fake because everybody's going to see through that. But I think that, like you said, the jargon, you know, to be able to talk about the technical aspects of the position, to talk about the competitiveness, the recall, you know, all of that is super, super impressive from AT. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I loved this first episode. We weren't really sure what the format was going to be, how this is all going to work. We just know we got a lot of interviews, a lot of content, and this is how we're going to disperse a lot of them. You'll be able to find a lot of these uh, interviews and a lot of this content, separate videos posted on our YouTube channel for everybody that's still hanging out with us here on this first episode of the KCSN draft show. Again, Eric Galco and the guys from the laboratory, a rotation of them are going to have another draft show each week leading up to the NFL draft. In addition to a lot of other breakdowns and highlights, and we'll have plenty of content getting you ready for the draft. And we're lucky that somebody as busy as Matt Miller and everything that he's got going on with ESPN's coverage of the NFL draft. It's going to be a blast coming to Kansas city. uh, We will be at a, how do I say this right now, Matt? A featured location in Kansas yeah. City doing our live shows this year. Uh, everybody knows um, this area that we will be hanging out, uh, drinking. It's a popular probably. spot. Yes, it's a very yeah. popular area uh, within Kansas City. Probably drinking some Miller Lights to foreshadow some other things that are going on uh, with our content here. But we appreciate everybody for hanging out. Appreciate you, Matt. Uh, can't wait to catch up next week and uh, drop some more interviews, get your thoughts on some more players. We get ready for the NFL draft, which to some people seems like a long ways away. But for you, <laughs> it's just right around the corner. Oh, yeah. Only only 500 more players to study or something like that. So, uh, yeah, it'll be fun, though. I'm excited.
All right, man. Well, we appreciate everybody for hanging out. Hit that like and subscribe. Let us know in the YouTube comments uh, what you think about this episode and this content. And we'll continue tailoring things to give you guys exactly what you're looking for. Appreciate everybody. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.